And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording on Tuesday, June 21st. My voice cracked in the intro, but I'm just going to run with it. I, uh, I was just talking to Sam. In fairness. <laughs> it was like weird. It was like, and we are back. And it kind of went up a little bit. But no, um, this is the first time we talked since the Celtics lost in the finals. I was just telling Sam, I don't know if you feel the same, but I've been so burnt out after <laughs> the Celtics, you know, lost. And I wasn't as upset as I thought I'd be. Obviously I was, I was sad that they lost. I was sad that the season was over. You know, obviously there's going to be the frustrations uh, with the turnovers and everything and the way they lost, but I know you can relate because you've liked them for a long time. I know you, you were mad after they lost. I remember the text you said, you know, fuck this guy Curry or whatever. No, I didn't said. say after this guy. I said, I think he's milking a bit, which I stand by. Like it's your fourth title. It, yeah, but, act like you've won a couple. Dude's no, no, crying. no. Like, give me. A break. I think I understand the crying in that situation because of where they went. Like his injury, Clay's injury, being the worst team in the league and climbing all the way back. I understand it, and I think winning a title any year is like the, the crowning achievement. So I'm not going to blame him. So I don't really care. Regardless, um, I'm not upset that they lost to the Warriors if that makes sense. Like if there was going to be a team for them to lose to, I don't like, I'd rather them lose to the Warriors because I like Steph. I like clay. I like Draymond. And I know you've liked the Warriors too. Um, So, I mean, congratulations to golden state. They obviously earned it because, and I don't want to spend today talking about the turnovers and the everything, because I feel like that's what our last 19 million shows have been about. Um, We can touch on it though. What they have 23 turnovers in game six, right? It was just, it was more of the same. It, it it was exactly what you knew they couldn't do if they wanted to win a title, and it just it happened in Game Six. And Warriors blew them out of the water. That, that like that, it's as simple as that, right? It sucks because they came out real fast, and you know we were all watching it, kind of talking in the chat. And we we're like, oh boy, like you know they might win again. They might win this, and then Golden State uh, started a twenty-one nothing run off an offensive rebound. By the way. Which dating course, all the right? way back to 2021, late in last year, what what would be the the spark in in them losing games and blowing leads? It was always that. It was always that. It was consistent throughout when they were bad in the playoffs. That was one of the main things they were doing, along with the turnovers. But if you really want to see something that plagued them throughout the season when they were bad. It was the offensive rebounds. Gary Payton misses a three, comes in, gets his own miss, lays it in, and then they score 19 more on top of that unanswered. And then that was the game, unfortunately. There were a couple runs the Celtics put together that really gave you hope. They got it to eight a couple times down the stretch. By the way, with the Warriors leaving the door wide open and, and them doing nothing about it. Again, in Celtic fashion, kind of doing it to themselves. I mean, yeah, the Warriors absolutely like punched them in the mouth in, in game six, and they dominated the most part of that game. But you're lying to yourself if you don't think the Celtics had a chance to get back in that game. I mean, early in the fourth quarter, they were begging them. They were like, please come make this a game again. Please, yeah. please come take the lead. And they didn't do it. And, it. and it sucked. And watching a guy like Al Horford, you know, put up a 19-14 effort, whether you want to say those points came after the game was decided or not, he he was playing hard the entire time and really – was the driving force and what made it interesting again enough for us to stay awake in the second half there, you know, as the Celtics do, they like to say, Hey, here's a little hope. And then we're going to lose anyway. 
And that's how the season <laughs> ended. And really, if you want, if you want to look back and point at something, it's game four. It's game four, and I, I was real yeah. pissed afterwards. And I, I today I am still pissed about it. I just that was the series right there. You had a chance to take a commanding lead. I mean, we just saw them lose three in a row, so I guess you really can't say they couldn't have lost the series regardless if they were up 3-1. Yeah. However, like, you scored six points in the last seven minutes of a game that you were winning in the fourth quarter at home with a chance to go up 3-1 and take a commanding lead in the finals. I mean, as much as the turnovers and the offensive rebounds were issues, I feel like that was also the story of the season. Like, they just never were able to capitalize. They were never able to you know, string a consistent offensive flow together for long enough to capitalize. Uh, It happened in games five, like they'll make this push and then they just fall flat again. And obviously game five, the Warriors were the better team, but Boston had the lead in the third quarter, right? Like they they had every opportunity to keep that momentum going. And then Jordan Poole hit a three and then the Celtics kind of fell apart. And then in game six, right, they came out hot and then it just died after the timeout. Uh, And no offensive consistency whatsoever from the side of the Celtics in the finals. And realistically speaking in the entire postseason, they kind of rode the back of their uh, incredible defense, which rightfully so that's what got them there. But the offense is a mess and needs addressing in the off season. And that's what I think we're going to be spending the majority of today talking about is the off season because it's time for that. Um, but before that, I do want to talk about Jason Tatum just because you kind of have to um, yeah, right. after that finals and, there's there's nothing really else to say besides he was bad three words like that there's no other excuse for it. like he was just he didn't play up to the standard that people have set for him uh, I would bet he didn't play up to the standard that he sets for himself uh, he just had a bad series but that doesn't mean it's time to get into this you know I've seen trade Tatum obviously that's not a hot take or not not a common take you see but you've seen people say it you see people oh Tatum can't be the number one Tatum this Tatum that stop <laughs> get over it like that that's he had just because he had a bad series doesn't mean he's not the best player on the Celtics team the best player the Celtics team has had since what Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett realistically yeah. speaking he's a generational talent at this point he's a top 10 player in the NBA he's on the Celtics and they have a good team around him he had a bad series it's not the end of the world he's 24 years old and I and every time I say that people are like I'm sick of the age argument I'm like it's factual he's 24 right that's just a fact and people have won before and my buddy who who's not a big basketball guy but he started following one more he's like well kobe was winning at this and i'm like yeah but he's not kobe right like jason tatum is not kobe bryant i don't want to hear about kobe anymore either i'm sick of that i'm sick of tatum making kobe everything like i don't want i mean i know that's not what you're doing no, 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 I know. So, I've seen so much Kobe in the last month and a half. I've had enough. It's just because, and I, I hated that too. It's just because he has that picture of him and Kobe as his profile picture. Just, And that's just because they were friends, right? Like they were very close uh, before Kobe passed. And he's had that forever. And people just started to pick on him for it. Um, but the point I'm making is if we're at the point where we're complaining about Jason Tatum, by ways of comparing him to what top 15 players of all time. Like Mm. that's a ridiculous standard and he can be that, but to say that you have to have a top 15 player of all time to win a championship is kind of crazy, right? Like he, he, like they have a good team around him and he, he like, just stop comparing him to Kobe and LeBron and all these people who were better at a young age. Like I've seen all these memes. It's like, uh oh, like comparing Tatum and LeBron stats in their first finals run, and then people saying, Oh, if LeBron had this Celtics team, he'd be stop. Like, it's ridiculous. Jason Tatum had a bad series, 
And if you want to extend it, he had a bad two series, right? He was rough in the Miami series with the turnovers, but he had a bad series in the finals. He didn't play well and the Celtics lost largely because of it and their own internal issues that they have to figure out as well. But stop comparing him to Kobe Bryant. Stop comparing him to LeBron James. Let him be Jason Tatum and like, just stop. It's just Celtics fans. And I stand by this and I've said this multiple times on the show are the worst. Uh, They have these ridiculously high expectations uh, and even these expectations, I know even you, Sam, are not going to go to because you understand that Jason Tatum is 24 and he just had a bad series and it happens, I would hope. And I hope you're not going to well, come back at me and say, trade him. But <laughs> No, I'm not going to say trade him, but <laughs> I, know, I don't I think know. it's it's not great. Like, No, it's not good at I, all. Like, I stand by what I've been saying for months. Like, you're there when you, you exactly. were there. You were really there in game four. In, yes. And you know what really would have helped them win game four is if Tatum did anything in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they would have won that game. They probably would have won a ring, and they didn't. And yeah. could have, would have, should have. Celtics should have won this series. Does that mean that they, they deserve to win? No, that's not what I mean when they, I say they should have. When I say they should have won, I mean they should have executed better. They had chances. It was, the, it was there for them to take. Yes. And if you want to say, Sam, you're not giving the Warriors credit, uh, that's not the case. The reason why the Warriors won this series is because when they had chances, they took the chances. And if Absolutely. you want an example of that, look at game six. The Celtics came out, went up 10 points, right? 12 points at one point in the first quarter. Then Golden State calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout, slowly creep back into the game, and then eventually rip off a 21-0 run. Okay, That was such a big swing. The Celtics had a chance to blow the game open. They were already there for the most part. 12 points is no joke as an NBA lead. Does it mean you're going to hold it for a whole game? No, it's the NBA. Runs happen. However, you have to capitalize. (laughs) Exactly. They didn't capitalize when they were playing well in game six. And you saw they got lazy in the first quarter. The Warriors did the opposite. They started getting hot. They took the lead and then they piled on. They went into the second quarter up five. They extended it to 10 in the first 50 seconds of the quarter. The Celtics couldn't extend a lead for anything in the series except for in game one. In game three, they they I guess they blew them out down the stretch, but still, it feels like that game was close for the majority of the time. They, I believe, were only up four going into the fourth quarter of that game, and it was a game they kind of came out uh, similar to game six and played well in the first half, and they didn't do anything with it. So the difference between a champion and the runner-up in this case is one team took the chances and the other did not. If you want to go to game four, the Celtics had plenty of chances to win that game. They only gave up what, 17 points in the back half of that fourth quarter? It wasn't like Golden State was scoring at will, and if you take away the free throws at the end, it's even less, yeah. and you still lost with it with a five-point lead at one point. In game five, you're in the third quarter. You're starting to pull away. You look good. You're up five or six. You don't close the quarter. You go in the fourth down one. These were stretches that they had to capitalize on, and it doesn't always happen at the end of the game. I think game four... Throughout that game, they had plenty of chances to extend the lead. I've probably complained about this time time and time again on pregame, on the pod. They did not take any opportunities in this series or throughout the playoff run. And it sounds like a broken record, and you've heard it everywhere. This team made everything hard on themselves, and it finally caught up to them. They, they finally weren't able to get away with it. They got away with it against Milwaukee. They got away with it against Miami. They didn't get away with it against the Warriors, and they had to watch them celebrate on their home floor they had to watch Draymond tweet 
which is fine, by the way. Let him tweet if you're upset exactly. at him. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Um, yeah. But listen, let it sink in if you're the Celtics. Think about what you did, right? We're, we're not mad. We're just disappointed because you were there. You had the chance to win. There's no excuse to why you didn't win other than you got outclassed. And I believe you were the one that said that in the pregame. Yeah. And there is no better description because, again, Golden State took the chances. You did not. That's the difference. Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say the word I used to describe the finals was they were outclassed. And that's the difference between a team that's been there before and a team that hasn't. Uh, and going in, I was of the mindset that, oh, this experience thing is overrated. Uh, Celtics have proved they're a good team, but I was wrong. The experience thing absolutely came into play because when the Celtics needed to make those runs and they needed to capitalize and they needed to take advantage of the moment, they couldn't do it. And the Warriors, having been there before, having known the situation, uh, they were able to capitalize. And that, that was the big difference throughout the series. I think, like you said, the timeouts just you know, in games one through six, every single game, Steve Kerr had a timeout and the Warriors responded. And that's not a knock on Ime Udoka for not taking the right timeouts. That's a knock on the Celtics for not responding correctly when the timeouts were called. Um, and, and that was the difference. And I think this is a good learning experience. Obviously, once you get to the finals, you don't want to have to call it that. But that's exactly what it is at this point after they lost, right? They're going to learn from this. They're going to learn that they know what to do now. They've been there before. They know the moment. And hopefully... They take that and they grow from it. And that's all you can hope for at this point. Um, but that's not to take away from the phenomenal season they had, right? Like this was one of the best Celtic seasons I've gotten to watch in a long time. Obviously the first half was painful, but, but the way they brought it back and the postseason run they had was amazing, right? And just because they lost in the finals doesn't take away from that. It might take away from the overall viewpoint of the season for most people because you were there and you had that chance. But in the grand scheme of things, this was a, just an amazing season by the Celtics. And they surpassed a lot of expectations, I will say. Because I remember in our, our preseason predictions, I think I said something like, you know, get to the second round. I think that's a good goal. If they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's a bonus. Uh, and you might have said something similar. Maybe you were hoping for the Eastern Conference Finals. But th the fact that they got to the finals, especially after that start, um, surpassed all the expectations I had for this team. So I, I was very pleased with the way they played. And this is a perfect building block for the future. And they'll have, they'll have even higher expectations next year. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I did say in the preseason is that golden state would be good. And here, here they are that you did um, that. You and did. I stood by, I didn't understand why people didn't think so. I just was like, listen, they got their guys back, man. I don't know what else to tell you. That's a good team right there. However, it's possible for um, on the Celtics side of things, both things to be true. Did the Celtics yeah. have a great season? Absolutely. This is the first time they've been to the finals in 12 years. Fantastic. You didn't lose in the Eastern Conference. You, you finally got over that hump. I remember watching the Game 7 of the Miami series and really thinking, oh, my God, they're going to blow this. Oh, my God, they really can't get over this hump. And then they, they got lucky. Butler missed the shot, and they go to the finals. However, stand by it. You were there. You should have won. And it's not like you, you came out and you were like – decisively the worst team you're up to one had the chance to go three one you didn't take it so it's possible to be proud and disappointed at the same time i think um that is the correct dis disposition to have with this team i don't think you should be ripping them but i don't think you should be throwing a party either i think they deserve their praise but you know they've got work to do and i think it's kind of a loser mentality if you're just thrilled that they made the finals like were they 18 and 21 in January? Yeah. But like, 
they were 51 and 31 at the end of the year and they were looking like a team that had that record. It, it's not, it's not different. It, the, the circumstances don't do anything for me. The circumstances that matter, are you were in the finals with the golden chance to go up three, one, and you didn't take it. That at the end of the day, if, if you're the team is what I want to be the takeaway. Not, not that it was great that you made it there. Cause it is, it is great. They made it there, but, it's it's not the job done. You don't hang banners for that. And at the end of the day, you failed on the big stage. And if you're listening, you can get mad at me all you want. I, I'm telling you, it's possible to be proud of what they did, but disappointed at the same time. And of then I'm, I'm both, but I'm more disappointed. Both are true. Both are true. And I, I think it stings more now because we're still only like, what, a week out, uh, less than a week out from them losing in the finals in the fashion that they did, um, essentially not showing up in spurts which was very frustrating but um i'll put it in perspective i I went over uh, if you're watching on youtube you saw me leave the screen i I got my ipad because i I have notes from our our previous shows and let me read you some of the notes i was writing on december 30th sam uh lost for answers what is wrong this is a big enough sample size to make a judgment on this team those are my first three notes i I don't even know what what was the celtics record at this point let me look i don't know but i know the next day they went out and beat phoenix Nice that they did. We're, we're tied for voice cracks today, by the way. <laughs> one to one. Uh, on the 30th, the Celtics were 16 and 19, uh, three games below 500. Uh, also, I wrote <laughs> Jalen Brown, zero assists. This was after the Minnesota game. Uh, trade <laughs> question mark. Is he gone? Question mark. Dennis Schroeder question mark. Trade time. Smart trade. Is Robert Williams safe? Uh, is Jalen Brown on the block? How much blame should Ime Udoka get? You know, hearts for Grant Williams is the only positive I have on my sheet of paper here. Dude, I'm um, telling so you. That's where we're at. During those times, I I never said to break those guys up. And I I never <laughs> I never said trading smart was a solution. I said you might have to do it if a deal's there. I did eventually say that. I don't think I didn't think they should do it. But I, I recognize that if something's not working, that was what they should do, not split those guys up. I just I just couldn't believe they were saying those guys couldn't play together. Brown and Tatum couldn't play together. Like, they had they, before because that was you had, you were telling me you were telling me not. You were saying it was different. And what do I you was mean? like you were saying when they made the conference finals runs the first two times, it was different. I agree. I still stand by that it was different. But listen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> I'm not going to. They did it. Yes, you're right. We don't have to talk about that. My point is a lot has changed uh, in those months, and a lot of people have shut up, and a lot of people have been proven wrong, which you love to see. And the, the biggest thing that always pissed me off the most was the Mayadoka slander because I never understood that. I, I think like you I've never been a blame the coach, the coach and guy. And you just said it, blaming the coach is lazy. It's, what, it's a loser Absolutely. thing to do. The coach is not the guy out there on the floor. If you want to blame a coach, there are very few times when it is allowed. I think blaming the coach is only really appropriate in a playoff situation because that that to me is where a coach makes his money. When when you want to compare like a Steve Nash to somebody else, or you know people like to throw Doc under the bus with his blown lead. Budenholzer in twenty twenty. I mean, Budenholzer wouldn't be employed if Katie's foot wasn't on the line. He wasn't good in this. He wasn't good in this series this year. Against I know he wasn't. He kept. He stood by George Hill no matter how many times he proved he should not be on the court. <laughs> I brutal. 
Um, no, yeah, and the, the few times coach can be blamed. Jim Boylan in Chicago a couple of years ago. Yikes, that was awful. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember. Do you, that. you remember? Remember when he was like, uh, he I like told Levine to come out or something, and he said no, or he told him to something, do something like that. No, and there I forget the player. By the Daniel way, who, who at that point who's Levine to say no to anybody? Well, he had forty points, and Boylan care. pulled him in the last two minutes. Nah, nah, nah. I'm, you I'm got sure forty. They were running last... away with the game. <laughs> it was a close game. It was a close game. Was the point? Um, but the big thing that was crazy was Daniel Gafford got hurt. Jim Boylan wouldn't call a timeout, and Monty Williams had to call a timeout for him. So, like the Suns called a timeout to get Daniel Gafford. That, like that's whack. <laughs> See, that to me is just weird. Crazy. I don't know. Some guys just get you're not going to tell me kind of mentality. And then that's what, that's what you get. Very it was the same and way then, people get sick of him quick. You know, he's kind of burned his bridges in New York. Now people are really getting sick of him. Randall's and being then, uh, a pain in the ass over there. Nate Bjork, Bjorkson last year with the Pacers. He fell out of favor real quick. You remember him in one year? I remember him, but I don't remember why he fell out of favor. Just the locker room just didn't like him. Like they just did not like him tough. But anyways, Moving on from the coach slander uh, talk, which we weirdly got into a tangent about. Um, it's the off season now, Sam. I know it's your favorite time of the year. You love talking about hypotheticals instead of actual gameplay, right? This It's your favorite. It's fun for a change. It is it fun is, for right? a change. I'm excited right now. We were talking about this. This That was such a long season, right? And you, you love that they did it. You love that they got that far. I wish um, they would do it every year. Exactly. Exactly. But I am burnt out. I've been trying my best to keep up with articles and everything and keep going and pushing and switching to the draft because the draft is in two days at this point when we're recording one day uh, when you guys are listening to this. But I will not watch the draft. It's wild. Are you going to watch the draft? No, you're not going to watch the draft. I got to get up in the morning the next day. Dog Celtics don't have a first round pick. What do I care? Gotcha. All right. Um, do you want to talk about off-season moves first, or do you want to talk about the draft first? Uh, off-season, because they don't have a first-round pick, so who cares? Okay. All right. Um, so for off-season, I have written down, I have options, 40 ATPE. What do they need? Which one mm. of those points do you want to hit first? Um, why don't we start off with the fun stuff? The old rumors. You've seen it. All the chatter. The the old friend there, Kyrie, is once again uh, reportedly burned his bridges. And the streets are begging for Kevin Durant to come along. However, today I realized he signed an extension. I know I longer have interest in that because he's going to be old and they would have to pay him a lot of money if for <laughs> some magical way they got him to play on the Celtics. Yeah. Um, so I... I think that's significantly less fun you know how much i hate big contracts for guys yeah. that aren't necessarily going to be worth the money at some point is Durant worth but the if money there was one Jerry? guy if there was one guy who i think could defy that it would probably be kevin durant i, I love durant. like durant's my favorite so player to watch that isn't on the celtics and, and yeah. overall i just think he's so fun to watch because he's so skilled and i mean he he's makes awesome. a bunch of jump shots he still shoots the mid-range he's just is he second in the league Top two? Where do, where do you rank him? And before the playoffs, I would have told you he was number one. But now two. Yeah, he's probably two behind Giannis. I agree. I agree. I saw a lot, uh, list on Twitter. Um, so take that with the grain of salt that it At deserves. least it wasn't Instagram. No, no. Uh, mine as well have been. Uh, just, this is just a fun tangent I'm going to go on because I saw uh, just a horrific list of names in order. 
um, that sparked a conversation between me and my buddy, like giving our own lists. Let me find this real quick. Uh, number one on the list, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis was the first order. And I'm like, all right. I well, he won the MVP. What do you yeah, want? Yeah, fair enough. The man? And then Steph was four. KD was six, uh, was five. Kawhi was six after not playing. And Zion was seven. Zion. <laughs> I said something mean about Zion the other day. Did you see that? No. What did he say? Somebody uh, like put one of those tweets that had a picture of Zion greater than sign over Tatum. And, and it had a picture <laughs> of Le- it was Tatum and LeBron in the same picture. Yeah. Yeah, and then I I quote tweeted it and said, "Yeah, if you're talking about weight," and then like some people actually got mad. They were like, "This is corny," and I was like, "Well, you didn't like it." And then I was like, "Thought I saw the tweet." No, you you did. You probably saw it, but you didn't leave a like. Oh shit! You didn't support me. I'll keep supporting. You keep going. (laughs) And like people were like mad. It's like one, I'm like half joking, and two, it's literally his job to be in shape. So like. What are you complaining about? It's not like he can't change his weight. He's a professional athlete. Get in shape. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. yeah very funny. nice of Jack. He liked my tweet. <laughs> and maybe, maybe oh, yeah, people be got real mad. Twitter now. Yeah, people were not happy about that, which is like fine. I thought about deleting it for a second. I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. If that's if those comments are what make you delete it, you should see some of the shit I get ratioed for. I, was, I well, I'm not used to that. And plus, the guy that said ratio didn't even ratio me, so get fucked. Yeah, no. Which I very rarely will curse on these things. I try and go by radio rules, but that guy can get fucked. said ratio. I curse a little more than I should. Anyways, uh, yeah, Zion at number seven on the list. The Twitter notes I saw was crazy, but um, if I had to pick a top three, this is another tangent. It's Giannis, it's KD, and then it's probably Jokic. I'd put it three um, with Steph and Embiid to follow. Uh and then after that, I don't even know. But Tatum's in the top 10, as is Jimmy Butler, as is Devin Booker. I'll put it that way. Um, there's a fun. I'm interested to see Jimmy Butler next season. I think we, too. we might start seeing him fall a little bit, fall off a little bit. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We've got the super fun KD stuff. And also, uh, the odds came out from Vegas. The most likely destination for Bradley Beal, if he's not in the Wizards, is also the Celtics. I don't care for that move. There nah. are people that care for that move. Nah. And I don't I just don't know how you're making it happen. Are you taking Horford out of this team? Who, by the way, it's been reported that they want to talk to about a multi-year extension on a team-friendly deal, which is good news. I wish I wish they could restructure this year. But they can't. Yeah, that'd be ideal, but they cannot. The only um, thing I discussed with a friend, this is kind of all tied in. Is like, all right, if they trade like Horford for Beal or whatever, because that was just discussed. It was just something that was discussed. Mm-hmm. And then like <clears throat> Washington's like, all right, we're going to buy out Horford. And then he comes back. You can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? You can't. If you get bought out. Is there a literal rule? One year. You, he couldn't do it till next year. It's like Goran Dragic. If he got bought out by the Raptors, the Heat couldn't sign him. But if he got traded and then bought out by the Raptors, then they could have signed him. Like, it, it's like you can't. I'm trying to figure out the best way. No, that's what it would be. That's what I mean. He would they no, would no, no, trade no. him. No, that's what you just said. Goran Dragic got traded to the Raptors. Yes. If the Raptors bought him out, the Heat can't sign him. 
but since he got traded and then oh, that new team got him out, okay, you know what I'm okay, saying? It's like okay. a one team buffer. You can't go directly like back and forth. Cause that's like CBA or something like that. Well, so cool. the, the wizards would have to trade him again, have him get bought out and then he could come back to the Celtics. Now, is that the rule? If you get traded and then your contract runs up? No, no. Once you're a free agent, you're a free agent. You can go wherever you want, but you can't like get bought out by a team. And then, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good. They do that, but they should really crack down on them. Just going to power teams. <laughs> yeah i mean because we all know how well the blake griffin signing worked out a couple years ago it's still annoying like, it is still <laughs> annoying he shouldn't have been rewarded with like being able to join that team i stand by it i know i know and I those know. of you listening this is the content you just live for me me complaining about nothing you love it because it's the off season and there's no legitimate so, stuff for me to complain about the excuse me the least the celtics could give up in a trade for Beal. Like, say Beal says, I want to go to Boston, and the Wizards' hands are tied. The most underwhelming package the Celtics could give up would be Derek White, Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and then Filler, like a Juwan Morgan okay. and the bench guy, which is well, that, fine. However, that is if he wants money. Exactly. This this is if Bradley Beal... Which is not well, a guarantee... Not even money, because he'd get the most money in Washington, right? Like, they can offer no. more than another team. Well, if they do a sign trade, then they can do that regardless, wherever he wants to play. If they get stuff back, that he signs a contract with Washington, they trade the Supermax. However, what if he just wants to win? What if he's like, give me a deal that fits? Then, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking crazy now. Beal would have to... I don't know how crazy... Like- I. I feel like if Ve- I'm sorry, I'm not letting you talk. If Vegas has it at plus three hundred, do you think they? What if they know something? Or what if they? No. Maybe they're just saying they're buddies, like Tatum. And I just buddies. think it's that they're buddies and that he could force his way. The only way you could get Beal without giving up Derek White, Al Horford, like just Tice, Neesmith, and Filler, which won't happen. This is completely ridiculous talk, but I'm indulging anyways. Would be if Beal signed for like fifteen million dollars, which I don't think is realistic at all. No shot. That would be so yeah, fire. I don't think could happen at all. But in the grand scheme of things, if Beal's on a max contract, which he will be, absolutely, I don't want him. I don't think he. I agree. Is necessarily a good fit in Boston, and maybe this is a hot take. I'd rather have Derek White. I'd rather have Derek White on the team than Bradley Beal. Um, especially might, considering might contracts. Be a little of a hot take. <laughs> well. Considering contracts and every, you know, well, actually, if, he's on, if he's on a max deal, then I agree nah, with you. But screw it, it. If, I'll go on in. If you put them on the same contracts, give me Derek White anyways. Yeah, absolutely. I'll stick to that. But absolutely. To go to classic Sam fashion here, uh, Brad Beal is not a player I'd pay the max. He is not a player you should be giving. Let's see if he gets a super max. What does he get? 50 million? He'll that's have that's a joke. Ends. He should be getting half of that. Actually, let me let me. Let he me he should get half. Twenty five. Yeah, I think twenty five is what you would pay him. Twenty five is appropriate. I can I can tell you exactly what he'd make. So if he gets the super max from the Wizards, uh, he would get fifty five point nine million by the end of his five years. Um, signing with another Ooh. team, he'd be making. 48.7 at the end of his five. That's disgusting. Uh, and getting, yeah, he'd get 50 million on oh. all of his extensions essentially by the end of this contract, which he's going to get. And you know, he's going to get, but 
that is where we're at with Bradley Beal. Uh, I don't want him on the Celtics. I'd rather have Derek White because he gives you defense. And for all of these, well, at least Bradley Beal can shoot. No, he can't. Stop. Look at the numbers. Look, look at his last season. Bradley Beal is not a shooter. He's a scorer. And there's a difference. And there's absolutely a difference. And I'll tell you wouldn't have to have more of a scorer. But how, on the other hand, like, does he play a lot of defense? Not necessarily. Beal shot 30% from three last season. 30. Dude, imagine. Imagine. If he played on the Celtics and shot thirty percent, like like you have like, people that people... like want Marcus Smart on a platter, for real. When when it's he's crazy. not necessarily supposed to be somebody that shoots well, and like literally all these people are saying Beal can shoot, and then he would come here and shoot thirty percent. Oof. Derek White shot better from three last season than Bradley Beal did, and people go. were complaining about Derek White shooting. So there you go. Yeah, I would have liked like, to see Derek ridiculous. White make a few more in the back end of the finals, but. You know, yeah. And really I'm all there. for the Celtics adding another scorer. Like, that's fine. Adding more shot creation. I just don't think it should be a $30 million, $50 million scorer. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of options. I mean, Kyle Kuzma tweeted uh, like something about Boston the other day. That was interesting. I wouldn't hate Kyle Kuzma on this team. I think he'd be a good fit. He fits into the TPE. He can be third or fourth scoring option on, a, on the team. And, and as crazy as it sounds, he's proven that he can be a third or fourth option on a championship caliber team. Uh, with a lot less help than the Celtics have. So I'd be, be good off the bench. Exactly. Absolutely, he would be. Um, and realistically speaking, if Hor- Horford starts to get older, I wouldn't even hate him in the starting lineup, right? You put Rob Kyle Kuzma at the four, Tatum at the three, and this is obviously a couple years down the line, but Kuzma's not a bad player, man. He averaged 18 last season and is a great rebounder, which is something the Celtics very clearly need. Mm. Uh, so I'll take Kuzma. Uh, Excuse me. Other guys, a cheap option I've seen float around TJ Warren, uh, probably on a prove it deal because he hasn't played in two seasons. So you'd probably get him ideally on a similar contract or a similar sort of situation to the one Oladipo had with the Heat last season. Um, one year minimum deal uh, to come prove something. I've seen Dylan Brooks floated, which I don't understand why the Grizzlies would trade him, but he's in the last year of his contract. So maybe the Grizzlies don't want to pay him. Fits into the TPE, could grab him. Good defense, good defensive guy. Probably wouldn't want him to take as many shots in Boston, but there's that as well. And then Will Barton is the other name I've seen because Nuggets are looking to trade him, but I think they probably want to trade him for more help. So I don't know if the Celtics can do that, but if they just want to dump the contract uh, for picks or something, I think you take that if you're Boston. He makes like $14 million. He's a good scorer. He's a solid defender. I mean, he's just like a 3 and D guy you could bring into the team. So I wouldn't hate Will Barton either, but the guy I really want that is probably the most realistic excuse me, as I cough in the microphone, is one of the Martins. I want one of the Martin twins. I don't think the Celtics need necessarily anything big. You'd like to see them use the 40 TPE, but I think it's probably 50-50 on whether or not they use it at this point. They're not using crazy. that thing. Yeah, I, I, think, I mean, and they have other ones. They have like an $8 million TPE, so they have other things they can use to get decent guys. But I think the real goal should be getting two, one or two more playable players off the bench. You look at the finals, uh, and depth really became a factor again. Derek White went cold. Grant Williams got cold. Uh, Peyton Pritchard went cold, and they had nobody else to turn to. The next option yeah. was Aaron Neesmith, who has been unplayable. And after that, it's what? Sam Hauser, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan. That's just not going to fly. Uh, so you need an extra guy to come off the bench at the wing position, maybe two that can get minutes. And I think Cody Martin and Caleb Martin are the two ideal ones. I think Caleb will probably end up going back to the heat. But Charlotte is in a constant state of not knowing what they're doing. So if the Celtics can steal Cody Martin for three, four million dollars a year, maybe even the full MLE of six point five, I wouldn't hate that. 
right? He's a phenomenal defender. He can hit his threes. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, what did Cody Martin shoot from three last season? Because I guarantee you it was something good. I had no from three last season. Cody Martin shot 38.4% from three on 2.2 attempts per game. That's almost exactly what you'd want from him in Boston. Come in, play solid defense, take your two threes a game, be on your way. That's exactly what you need from the guy on the end of the bench as your nine man. Uh, and then pa- past that, I really just think anybody, anybody that can defend and shoot, that that's what you need. I want one of the Martins, and then I want another guard-wing combo that can defend and shoot. And ideally, that's Aaron Neesmith, but at this point in his career, I have no confidence that he can ever be that guy. Well, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking a lot about Neesmith lately. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not putting all the uh, eggs in the Neesmith basket, but it sure would be helpful if he could do something. If he could just make his shots like he was supposed to. (laughs) The guy plays with a crazy energy, which is real good. The problem is he can't make any threes, which is the reason why he was drafted. So if he's able to start making threes, which is, you know, easier said than done. I think there's a mental aspect to that um, going on with Neesmith. I mean, you heard, did you hear what he said in his uh, exit interview? He basically said, I'm a phenomenal shooter, and I know that. It's just about being better and breaking the mental thing. And I don't think he wants to play in Summer League either, which is crazy. But uh, I mean, at at a certain point, what is it going to do for you? And and I saw um, Keith tweet about, uh, or or Greenberg tweet about uh, Grant not playing Summer League last year, and he played great this season. So True. True. who, Who knows, man? It could be a real good thing for Neesmith. But he would be a big, big help if he could do something. And I'm not trying to like make shots. I'm not trying to like make fun of him because like I don't know, like what's the point in that? But seriously, if he could contribute and be the best version of himself and play a role on the Celtics, it would be such a big help because one, they really don't have any money to sign anybody. And two, they need a wing scorer off the bench, somebody that they can rely on. Like you said in the finals. Everybody off the bench went ghost at the back end of the series. If he's able to give you something, that's a massive help. And he's not, oh, yeah. like, bad on defense. That's one thing for Neesmith. I can say he's not too bad. He played a yeah. pretty good job. Uh, played a pretty good job. Jeez, Sam. Uh, <laughs> did a pretty good job on Middleton, specifically in the last game they played against Milwaukee in the regular season when nobody played to the Celtics and the game was still close and they really should have beat Milwaukee without anybody playing. And they had Neesmith coming down guarding Middleton. That he and he was good. Yeah. He can absolutely contribute if he can just get his shots to fall. If that guy starts making threes, oh, people are gonna love that guy. And you're gonna stop absolutely. hearing about Desmond Bain. You're gonna stop hearing about all these other guys that they could have had, wow. should have had Sadiq Bay. Like, and I'm telling you, if those guys play for the Celtics, there's no guarantee they turn out that way. The opportunity is a big part, and I stand by that. But if he's able to start doing something offensively, you watch out. Neesmith has my favorite play of the season. He had a coast-to-coast dunk against Philly that I thought ruled. And <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just thought it was such a great play, and it was such good energy at the time. That was probably my favorite play of the season. He just needs to make his shots. That's all it is. If he can start making those shots, then he'll get minutes. But until he can, he absolutely cannot. He has to earn the minutes. He shouldn't just be he's, given minutes. I agree with exactly. that. He, he's an offensive he liability needs right now. To Step in with lethal shooter there and figure it out or, or go to therapy, which there's nothing wrong with like therapy. All these teams have, uh, you know, mental professional Absolutely. therapists, whatever you want to call them. They all have them figure out whatever's wrong mentally. It's not easy to get over that hurdle as a player. 
The yips are a real thing. You've, you can see many examples of that throughout sports, especially baseball, throughout mm-hmm. history. Like, it's a thing. And if he's able to get over that and contribute for the Celtics, that's a huge thing. That they don't have to pay somebody to come in and contribute and bring in extra help. Do they have TPs? Yeah, they do. Do they have a 17 million one? Yeah. Does that mean they're going to use it? No. Do they have an MLE? Yeah. Does that mean they're going to get anybody significant? No. Wick I would did love to hint see that he's willing to spend, though. He did hint at that. Yeah, but you really spend what you're allowed to. Exactly. But you have to legally spend. Yes. And honestly, <laughs> you're the owner. You should want to spend, dummy. Yes, but that's been an issue in the past, so I'll take the progress from Wick. Yeah, it's a loser thing not to want to spend <laughs> know, with this with this particular franchise and, and the, the talent you've had come through recently and all of a sudden not wanting to spend is such a loser move. We talked about Speaking, it at the deadline the last couple of years yes. trying to cut under the tax. Such a loser move. <laughs> Speaking of spending, uh, I'm going to run some names by you. And you tell me whether or not you think it'd be worth it. The Celtics have the 17 million TPE. They have a six point something million. I'm reading. Shout out. Yossi, uh, I'm so going to butcher this name. Yossi Goslin of Yossi. type. Yossi, saw, do you know Yossi? Well, in his bio, it literally tells you how to pronounce the guy's name. Okay, perfect. Yossi Goslin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, wrote an article about the Celtics offseason. He brought up some intriguing options and I wanted to run them by you. Uh, they'll have a $6.4 million MLE. Uh, that they can use, and then that seventeen point one million TP they have um, to to use as well, and then they have six point nine million, five point nine million TPs as well. So uh, they'll have plenty of options. I brought up Will Barton and Dylan Brooks. What do you think of those guys? I probably lean towards Will Barton because it seems more realistic, but I wouldn't mind either. I, you're not getting Dylan Brooks, and if you are, what are the what are the Grizzlies doing? The Grizzlies should be in a position like the Celtics, where they should want to spend money. That's a good team. Ja's a good player. The rest of those guys played excellent around him this season. They won a ton of games when Ja didn't play, uh, which you let Tim and I know about in a pregame show. Absolutely, in I did. Season. Um, so if you're the Memphis owners and you want to spend money on Dylan Brooks, who is a big part of what you do there, it's a loser move. Uh, so I don't think that's Barton. realistic either. Barton, I don't know. Is he really that great of a defender? I, I don't really know if I've ever heard about He's a defense. fine defender. I don't think he's – he's not like a defensive-minded guy, but he's not one of those guys you look How at. How long is his contract? For $6 million? I th- It's expiring. Yeah, $14 million, but expiring. I would pay him $6 million. Oh, Or for the no. TP for one year. TPs. He makes $14 mil. Yeah, all right, fine. I mean, fine. I, at this point, if you're getting someone for free, there's no hurt in putting them in the TP, unless they're like a cancer, which he doesn't seem to be a cancer. He's whatever. Um, next guy I've seen floated, Duncan Robinson. And this is one of the guys I've seen floated as this more realistic. That's like a very does he realistic fit? one. Does. He does. He fits. TP. Right now, uh, he does. My answer is going to be no. Even though I like Duncan Robinson, the reason why I say no is I hate big money deals for guys that might not deserve them, whether it's those guys that want to get paid $50 million or Duncan Robinson, who's going to be making 20 by the end of his contract. I think it's 19. So it's effectively close. Sink prick. Uh, (laughs) Okay. It's closer to 20, but the 20 is not guaranteed. So we both right. Go ahead. So, I mean, the guy was unplayable in the conference finals against the Celtics. I mean, they tried putting him out there. One, he couldn't make any threes. And two, he can't play defense. So what are you doing having him out there because his name's on the back of his jersey? I want to push back a little bit. Um, He was bad in the playoffs. He shot. Well, no, I'm not even going to go that far. He lost his spot in the rotation, Jack. I know. I know. I know. 
He lost his spot in the rotation because Miami found someone who gave them exactly what he did that could also play defense, right? A little bit exactly. of extra to find defender. Exactly. But that doesn't mean there's not a place for Duncan Robinson in the NBA, right? The, the Miami Heat were a very successful team with Robinson on the team hitting shots and not being great on defense, right? They made the NBA finals with it as much as that stings, realistically speaking. There are ways to make him work on a great defensive team where he's on the floor. And if you are the Celtics, (laughs) sure. And you you have to get lucky enough to play a team in the conference finals that melts when they see a zone. If you're the Celtics, you have the personnel where he can get 20 minutes a night, right? And paying X amount of money for 20 minutes a night is not great. But when you consider the fact that Miami probably just wants to move him and get off the contract and you'd get him for basically free, I make that deal. Realistically speaking, if you oh, fine, I'm just presenting my argument. If he can get, and the notion that he was a bad shooter last season is crazy. He shot, what do you shoot in the regular season? He shot 37% in the regular season, which isn't bad at all. I think that'd be what top three on the Celtics, right? Like he's a good shooter. And then in the postseason, he shot 38%. Like Duncan Robinson being a bad shooter is the equivalent of Marcus Smart being a phenomenal shooter. I'll put it that way. Right. He just came down a little bit. And if he can get like even halfway between his historically great shooting, I'm going to repeat that his historically great, never seen before shooting percentages on that volume. And this season where he was probably a slightly above average shooter in between that makes him the best shooter on the Celtics. So if you can get 20 to 25 minutes out of him in the regular season where he's making those shots and providing just elite spacing and the off-ball movement we've all begged for the Celtics to do for their entire, like, the entire formation of this core. Ever, I've been begging, I don't know about you, for just move a little bit off the ball. Just find some space. Don't stand there while Jason Tatum hits ISO shots. Duncan Robinson is amazing off the ball. He can move around. He can do whatever they need. Uh, they can set screens for him, and they can run plays for Duncan Robinson where Jason Tatum would have so much room to work and make the right pass. If you can get him on here to do that, I think you do it, especially, especially because he would probably be free, free, easy, easy pickup, not going to cost you anything. If anything, you dump Aaron Neesmith to Miami just because you want to get off that contract. You bet your ass you'd send Neesmith down there and he'd play good too. Of course, but my point is you bring Duncan Robinson in here because he has proven that he can play. And even if you get to the playoffs and you can't have him on the floor because of he, he like, he's not good on defense. He's still going to take a huge weight off of the Jays in the regular season. He's still going to be a great regular season player. And in the playoffs, if you need that extra scoring boost, you have an elite three-point shooter. And I'll stand by that. He's still an elite three-point shooter. So that's why I make the deal, especially because he's F-R-E-E free right now because his value is at an all-time low. And I can't imagine he's ever going to shoot any worse than he did this season. And still this season, he was an above-average three-point shooter. That's my argument. I'm going to counter because... Uh, you just played Miami in the conference finals. Okay. They are a team that is looking to compete with you. They are a team that is somewhat locked with what they can do with money. And you letting them get off that, what right now is a bad contract, is not necessarily going to help you. Uh, now, now, if it works out, which I, I mean, if they do it and it works out, fantastic. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see him play well here. He's local. Fine. I, you know, I love that more than anything. I'd love to see a local kid on the team. However, 
I don't like the idea of helping that team be flexible. I don't like that argument and not like that you specifically made it. I generally, and you know this, push back on the argument of don't make trade trade with this team because of who they are as a team and where they are. Just because I think this is a move that can help the Celtics. And if there is a move that can help the Celtics, I don't care about what the other team gets. I also I think- want them to be tied up down the road because this is a chunk of money that you're going to have to continue to pay him. And the problem with that is after this season, right, the reports right now that I saw from that guy, uh, Yossi, that you just cited, he, he's the source on this too. Horford's going to take this team-friendly deal or whatever. You're finally going to have a little bit more flexibility with what you can do. I don't think you will. I, well, I don't know how it works. You're probably more – I hate money. I hate talking about money because I never because... know how it works. Not not like this isn't because of like some intimate knowledge I have that you don't or anything. It's just because I think the money that Horford gives up in his team friendly deal will probably go to paying Grant Williams and probably go to paying Peyton. That's Pitchett. fair. That's fair. Okay, That's fair enough. But regardless, even if I mean, listen, you have bird rights, so this doesn't necessarily re- apply. But okay, you you can use it to pay somebody, and sure. whether it's Duncan Robinson or it's somebody else. Who's the better fit? You don't know because you don't know who the other person is. I am also of the belief. Yeah. I'm also of the belief that Duncan Robinson will never play worse than this, which also means that his value will. I think that's fair. I I think that's very fair. I think you trade for him. And not only will he be a good fit on this team because of the shooting, but I also think his value will recoup enough where you can probably trade him to another team for seconds and clear up that money you're thinking of if you really wanted to. So um, that's where I'm at. I'm all for Duncan Robinson, but other names, and we can run through these quickly because I do want to give you a couple guys that I want in the draft, even though I know you don't care. Uh, I just want to rattle them off. Um, Marcus Morris, old friend, fits into the TPE. Clippers looking to yeah, trade him. Yeah, see, I like that. There we go. This is – I forgot about that. I saw this. One, he can wear the same <laughs> number, which I like. I think it's weird if they don't wear the same number. It looks strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cantor, number one example, and look how well he played. Uh, two, Marcus Morris is a good scorer. He plays good defense and he lit the Celtics up back in December when uh, they decided not Mm -hmm. to make any threes that day and they kept shooting them. That was a big Marcus Morris game. He would be an excellent person to have come off your bench and he's tough. He would probably like him and Ime would feed off each other, making fun of these like soft guys in the team, (laughs) like telling Tatum to like calling him names and stuff. Oh, that would be so awesome. The only downside is the reports say they want to trade Morris to facilitate a bigger improvement. Um, but if they get to the point where they just want to get off the contract, the Celtics are there with the DP. Or let's say this magical, mythical Kyrie Irving deal happens. The Clippers send out Reggie Jackson, Powell, Luke Kennard, and Marcus Morris, but the Nets can't take on that much money. Celtics right there with the TPE to facilitate the deal and take on Morris. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So there are avenues where that deal could happen, but right now it looks like they want to use him to improve. Um, but if it gets to the point where they just want to get off the money, Celtics are there, could give him a second, blah, 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 TPE easy. Um, the last two guys are MLE names. Obviously there was Cody Martin, who I think is my ideal fit, but the two names that uh, y- Yossi brought up, Yossi, right? I keep messing that up. I feel like Yossi. Okay, Yossi's great. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Bruce Brown and Gary Payton, the second. Bruce Brown. I've been yeah. <laughs> hammering the Bruce Brown train since the first round, but really before that, I just think it's again since awesome. last off season. He's from the area. I think that's awesome. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to fit in the money. Pat Connaughton is another guy I'd really love. I don't know if you could, I, if I'm Milwaukee, I'm telling the Celtics to screw if you want to do a sign and trade for Connaughton. Um, but you can make him fit into the TP. I don't know if that's how it works with signing trades. I, think, I don't think I have you a feeling can, it's but... not the way that can work. But if you can find a way to get that guy to come play for the Celtics, that would rule. Mm-hmm. He could play defense. He made every big shot in the Milwaukee series. He was a big pain in the ass. If you could get him to play here, if you get Bruce Brown to play here, it would be real cool. I think Connaughton's the better fit. I think you already kind of have guys to play a role that Bruce Brown would play. Derek White is a better version of Bruce Brown. He can facilitate a little better. He's a little taller, a little bigger, can guard bigger guys. Um, also, Pritchard is another guy that would like split minutes with him, and I think Pritchard still has a spot on this team with the way he can shoot and score Absolutely. in big bursts and small minutes. But if you can get Bruce Brown to play on the Celtics, that'd be pretty cool. So I'm all for that. And Gary Payton, I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah, that's what's possible with the Warriors. I don't think they can pay him. So if he does want a little bit more money, like Celtics give him five million. What do they have? The hard cap? Yeah. They're we need, we need to do a pod with Keith Smith so we can educate me. At I agree. At least. I agree. I'll, 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 because I don't know anything about all this. And I'm sick of not knowing things about this. But like trying to read up about like money, I can't do it. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't learn that way. And I'm sorry if you're listening and you want Jack and I to tell you things you don't know. But in, in this, I'm a simpleton. Like, I don't know anything. I know there's a salary cap. I know when you when you draft guys, you get bird rights, which means you can pay them, which is why the Warriors can pay these guys so much money. And they're like, a payroll is like double what the Celtics was, which is yes. whatever. Good on them. They're paying their guys. You should do that as an owner. That means you're a good owner. Um, but, oh, man, I, I'm sorry if you want me to give you salary cap uh, stuff because I can't do it. I'm like, listen, sign yeah. this guy. I, I know you can't like just trade for anybody you want but yes you have to match everything but i don't know anything about hard cap and all i would love bruce brown or gary payton i think both would be good fits bruce brown obviously is the local kid angle like you said but he played well um, in the playoffs he did he He made threes you get that guy in the gym with grant man and, and lethal shooter who, by the way is saying he's been reached out to by nba teams and i hope, I hope it's the celtics. I hope the celtics are one of them oh, i agree man. If, if you especially get that guy because some help shooting, that'd be great. Especially because if lethal shooter, this is pointed out by it's gear again. Shout out PJ. Uh, if another team hires him, that means Grant can't work with him anymore, which is not not fun. Ooh, that's yeah. You didn't think about that, but like um, let's let's also call a spade a spade. Like if you're Grant, like I mean, the man showed you the workouts. You shouldn't. Your brain shouldn't melt. Yeah. <laughs> You should be able to figure it out on your own at that point. Um, John Wall just said, hey, give me another $50 million, by the way. Wait, what? What do you mean? John Wall has opted into his player option. Oh, of course. I mean, he would be foolish not to. No, he's what what a loser. Why? I mean, listen, I'm I'm not here to tell you don't get paid, but I'm like... I mean, don't you want to play? Well, yes, but he wants to contribute. So if you want to call him a loser for not being willing to come off the bench, I'll buy that. But at the same time, I don't think the Rockets want to play him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think they want to give him minutes. So it's not really. Yeah, but his... like, it's just like a loser. Like, it's loser on both sides, by the way. Yeah, no, it's. it's You're paying the shitty. guy to play him. It's, it's like the Horford thing you. from two years ago. Yeah, and look, look what playing Horford did for you. Well, yes, but 
that's also what the Thunder wanted to avoid. <laughs> they did not want to win, um, which is another issue. Anyways, I want to throw a couple draft names. I have two. I have two draft names. We'll keep right. it simple, then we can get out of here. Um, at you, Celtics are picking 53rd overall, round two, pick 23. And I know that seems Covered useless, right? Because here's give you nothing. I will redirect you to the point of people have found playable guys in the second round in years past. Look at Herb Jones. He was an early second round pick, but he was still an effective one. I would just possible playable second round pick. I think there are avenues to find, excuse me, playable second round picks. Um, and I think the Celtics need to do that. You want, I, I have two guys here. Um, one is a shooter slash, you know, off ball guy. And one is pure defense. Who do you want to hear about first? Uh, give me a defense guy. Cause if I'm the Celtics, that's who I'm drafting. All right. I'll introduce you to Jabari Walker, University of Colorado, um, 19 years old, six foot nine, seven foot wingspan, right? Big. Is dude. he a big or is he a wing? He's a forward. He's a okay. forward, right? His strengths, physical tools, obviously. I mean, I just told you his wingspan and his height. He's a strong dude, 215 pounds, phenomenal athlete. Great defender. I mean, as you could you could tell, he, he's going to be an immediate impact guy at the NBA level. I'm not going to tell you he's the next Herb Jones, but if there is a sneaky pick to be that immediately able to have a huge impact on a defense at the NBA level, I think it's Jabari Walker. I think he has all the tools. Uh, he hustles well. Uh, he knows where to be, uh, and and he's able to you know bully guys down low. The the one gripe is that he's not able to stay super quick on the perimeter, which is something he can work on and could hurt him in the Celtics defense, but. If at this point, like that's that's a minor thing to worry about with the fifty third pick. He's got the tools to be a great defender in the NBA. Uh, he's great at and get ready for this. He can drive well aggressively. He can cut off the ball and he can rebound. If you're talking Celtics, those are three things you probably need off the bench. So I, I like that for him as well. And he's got good potential as a shooter. He shot forty percent as a freshman on very limited volume, but that cut down to I think like. What he's shooting his sophomore. I think he shot like 35%, something like that. And he's either he's like he's a sub 80% free throw shooter. So I think that's where you have to make the connection. Like maybe it's not going to stick at the NBA level. So he's not an amazing shooter. Uh he's not a scorer. The shooting upside isn't there, and he's not a playmaker. So the offensive game is a little like raw still. But for the Celtics on offense, all he would really be doing doing, excuse me, is cutting off the ball and shooting. And he's like pretty decent at those two things so the defense is why you would take this guy uh and at the 53rd pick if he's still available which he probably will be i think he's like 60 something on espn's big board but some places have him going like mid 40s his name etc jabari walker jabari walker you've sold me on him but i i mean i think you sold me on guys last year too (laughs) i sold you on austin reeves last year is who i sold you on and i was absolutely correct on austin reeves last well i'll tell you what if you're drafting this late in the draft, I think what you really need to draft is an athlete. It sounds like he's an athlete. He's absolutely right? an athlete. You need somebody that can defend. I mean, think of guys that have been successful out of the second round. Draymond Green, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler in the second round, or was he late first? I think he was in the second. Uh, late first. I think he was like 30. I think he was 30th. Okay. Uh, Herb Jones, right? Like guy, and he's not even super successful, but guys that are just athletic and they can defend are going to get themselves minutes. And that's how you become a better player. Now, who's the scorer? Uh, his name is Christian Braun. He played at Kansas uh, next to. Oh, he's the white guy. Uh, I know who that he is. is. He's a real he prick. Is. I don't want him on this team. <laughs> uh, he's a good off the ball scorer. He re- moves really well off the ball. He's a sneaky athlete. Um, obviously, he hustles on defense. Um, 
he's not the best defender, but he, he's better than Duncan Robinson. I would argue if we're going to use that as our barometer, um, the con- the um, comparison I made was a potential Duncan Robinson upside with the shooting, but a better athlete. So kind of like combine Max Struess's athleticism and stuff off the ball with Duncan Robinson's height because he is six seven. I think Christian Barron has the ability to be that. It's obviously not there right away, but he's solid on ball defender. He's obviously a good shooter. If you know who he is, he shot 38% uh, at Kansas, average 15 Well, I mean, I, I know a fair amount about colleges. You tell me guys on the big teams, I might know who they are. <laughs> Plus, they played PC in yeah. the uh, lead eight. Sweet, sweet, yeah, something like that. But I, I I really like Christian Braun as, as one of the guys. And then I'm really intrigued with Jabari Walker as well. And I'm glad I sold you on him. Keep an eye. He's projected to go 40s right now, so he'd have to fall a little bit. Um, but I really like him in the second round for the Celtics if he does get that far. Uh, Brad Stevens that, talked to the press today, and he seemed <laughs> excuse me. He seemed like the team's not really gonna bend on that defense first thing, which is good, good. because I Jabari think that Walker. made them real likable. No, that's what I'm saying. It fits right in. Uh, Brad said that they've got the okay to spend or, or do what they need to do. I mean, this is a good day for us to do a pod, Jack. I mean, we've got an hour, and we haven't even talked about Brad talking today. There you go. Um, we might have to save that for next time uh, because we could probably wrap up soon. But Oh, um, no. Come on. It, w- just, just quick. I mean, we got to talk about it. <laughs> all right. Jack. All right. You hit me. Like, you lead it. You lead it. I also apologize for not muting my mic. I missed the mute button and just cough right he, in your ears. So I'm sorry. He, I didn't even hear it. He. I mean, he talked today. Hold on. Okay, okay. Lead, lead, lead the conversation then. Well, it was hours ago. I got to find the tweets now. Give me a break. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, Jabari Walker is my guy. I really think uh, he'd be ideal for the Celtics 53. And then Christian Braun. I also like, I don't know if either of them will slip enough for the Celtics to take him, but they're second round guys. So I, I just went with it. So I, I'm hoping I sold you on Jabari enough for you to root for him on draft night. I will. I'll be in my sleep. But I'll tell you what, I'll be rooting for him in my dreams. Root for him. Please do. I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. So uh, Brad Stevens talked about, uh, you know, using the big trade exception. He said, we've got the okay to do whatever we need to do, which, again, is great. I'm glad the owners Love willing that. to pay money. That's kind Love of what that. you're supposed to do. Stevens said, I think we need a little bit more playmaking. I think that's real. That's what he said. What do you think of that? I'm glad that they're willing to spend finally. I think, like you said, it's probably a little bit overdue. I don't necessarily know if it means anything in the grand scheme of things. Like the, the TPE, I still am like 50, 50 on whether or not they'll use it. They just have that six point something MLE. If this is hinting at a big deal that they're willing to pay a guy, I really hope it's not Bradley Beal because that would frustrate me uh, that he, he is here. If anything, I, I'm sold on, I'm not even that sold on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he'd be a better fit than Beal, but he's not a good defender. So I don't, I don't know if that'd be a great idea for the Celtics uh, and definitely not Rudy Gobert. I know we're talking defense, but please, no, I don't no, want no. Rudy Gobert. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. And I, that's not to say, I don't think Gobert is a good player and could help a team be a, a quality team. Cause I do, but I he just don't think it's the Celtics. No, not at all. Um, S- Stevens on the offices and needs a little bit more scoring, consistent scoring off the bench. And I think we have some short term needs there, but I believe in a cup, of the guys that didn't get to play as much that they will improve. Uh, so again, bench scoring. Another thing you might be able so to find. So is that hinting at Neesmith, do you think? You Could, think be Neesmith. Neesmith or Could be Neesmith. Hauser's another guy. You want to talk about Duncan Robinson. I feel like he's got Duncan Robinson potential. That guy can shoot, man. Every time he, he shoots, I think it's going in. He can't really move, right? He's uh, Yeah, that's the only issue. <laughs> but you can... Oh, I don't know if you can learn that. But listen, he he can shoot. 
And that'll that'll get you on the floor. I wouldn't be surprised to see him ro- play rotation minutes in some games in the regular season. Yeah, that could be something that they improve so. on. Uh, you would hope he makes. Brad, it. Brad said, um, Tatum, Smart, and Rob. None of them uh, are going to be, you know, needing any kind of medical surgery. Just Good. rest. Just Very rest. happy. Love that. Which is you really great, especially Rob. Uh, you know, he said he really felt Rob played well in the finals and he looked healthy out there despite having knee issues throughout the last, yes. uh, the, the two prior rounds. So that's another great thing. And, uh, you know, Jack, we've had a little extra free time here without any games on, any any pre-games, halftimes, pods to do after every single game. Um, have you got the chance to watch Hustle? As someone that does not watch movies, I have not, and I know well, you I should. Need to, and I you should watch it. Will. Actually, I really absolutely good. will. I'm going to. I just have not had the time nor the energy. I have been when I haven't been writing about basketball for my actual job. I've been doing anything other than paying attention to basketball. If that makes sense, like I, I'm just watching YouTube. It's I'm good. Going out. I played golf once. I shot a 49 on nine holes, which is generally bad, but for me, that's pretty good for my first outing. Never played. Um, golf very fun you should try it i highly you should come play basketball this week i cannot this week but i Uh, can probably the next week because zoe's gonna be here this weekend but then i'm taking her to the airport because she's going to ireland Mm, again not bringing you no she's going for a dig an archaeological dig which she's done multiple times in the past which is very dope very cool um but yeah she's going for that for a month so i'm bringing her to the airport uh to logan um but yeah uh, but I'm down next weekend. I should be around. Fourth of uh, July weekend. I'm not sure. I will keep you posted if they're going to play or not. If not, the weekend after that. I- I'll come one of these weeks. I'm absolutely terrible. I have no stamina. I'm terribly out of shape. But Got to hit the – start pounding the pavement, brother. I know. I know. I've gone twice in the past uh, few days. So I- I've been I've been hitting the courts a little bit. And we've, we've been running. We've been getting Let us know what you guys have been doing to keep busy over the last five days. I mean, it's great. I literally – I can come home from work. I don't have to be super strict with how fast I do everything that day to make sure I <laughs> I can get exercise in, take my nap, get up in time for pregame, watch the Celtics and go back to bed. It's so easy. I can watch TV. I watched Hustle. I've never seen Stranger Things. Watch the first three episodes of season one. I think it's fantastic. Wow. I mean, Even I've seen Stranger Things. I've never I haven't seen, seen the newest, it. but... I've never seen it. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it. I have something to look forward to. I'm not stressed if a team's going to win or lose. I'm not on Twitter scouring from the time I wake up for injury reports. Do you like um, like crime shows? Like, have you ever seen Criminal Minds? I've never seen Criminal Minds. I like Dexter. I don't know if you should Dexter. watch The Blacklist as your next summer show. Okay, I'm going to have all radar. kinds of time. I'm gonna that I'm putting that on your radar. That is one of my top three shows of all time. Um, that Criminal Minds, and I love Malcolm in the Middle. I'm a sucker. Tell you what, show. you gotta watch Jack. You gotta watch these bad boys right here. I know, these I know. Three great movies. The I've seen one Spider-Man of the Spider-Man movies. Which I have. I haven't see? seen the original. I saw, uh, the one. Jesus, this is bad. Uh, oh the one where they went to the school dance. Uh, that's a good movie. He what was it Homecoming. Was Homecoming. that one Homecoming? Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I've seen that. I like. That I've seen one. the the one. And I, I barely remember the plot. Kendrick Nunn opting in to the Lakers. <clears throat> Shocker. Uh, the one Marvel movie I have seen that I can like vividly remember and that I enjoyed, I saw Thor Ragnarok. That's a great movie. movie. Phenomenal. That By the way, the guy movie. that reported this is the guy that dates Malika Andrews. 
Very, oh, very, very average looking individual. I think this is him. <laughs> Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Dude, um, I'm telling you, that is un. When you guys told me that, I could not believe that. Is this him or am I? Am I? Stu- oh yeah, no, that's that him. is him. That is him. You love to him. see it. Love it. Love oh, to see it. There you go. Uh, anyways, title of the episode. <laughs> anyways, uh, I think that about covers it. Yeah, it's enough hopefully there's some more babbling. stuff you know what we can do if you're still listening time, i hope you enjoyed that <laughs> please do uh do you know what we can we can do next time we talk we can talk about who the celtics picked at 53 yes. let's go well, there you go. i hope they don't let's pick go. aj reeves who they invited for a workout pc uh, yes. horrible guy was horrible in the tournament <laughs> not good listen Poor look guy. at this i'm giving you college analysis this is not something you get out of me <laughs> And I think Jabari Smith's fantastic, and I think he should go number one. Jabari Walker, do you mean, or are you talking about first pick no, no, guy now? The actual guy, the the, the okay. guy in the draft. Yes, is he your top From guy? Auburn. Yes. Yeah, I like I, I'm not convinced Chet's any good in the league. Mm, I'm a big Chet guy. I love Chet. I don't think I he's think... not skilled. Just look at him. I know, I know. I think he's going to be very good. Anyways, uh, we can talk about that more next time when the draft is done. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Celtics make a wild trade. Maybe, maybe they'll trade into the top three, Sam. Maybe, maybe, they'll, do something, maybe they'll do something crazy. Now, uh, I'm happy to be back at it. Sorry for the delay on the podcast. You guys will be listening to this on uh, uh, Wednesday is when it's going to release the day before the draft. So you'll get that insight on Jabari Walker and Christian Braun that I wanted to give you. Jabari Walker's the guy. I'm putting that out there now if the Celtics get him. And whoever gets him, I'm gonna, we're going to come back to this show uh, in June. And if I'm right about Jabari Walker, I'm going to expect praise uh i'll, I'll need like that my, validation my knicks are bad praise my lakers are bad praise and my yep. warriors are good praise you deserve it 100 percent. and i i admitted halfway through the celtics season, are I was good wrong praise the by the way of course of course you, you got those right i'll give you that i'll give you that um we can do our normal off-season predictions things uh towards the end of the off-season like we always do and i'll mark them down this time for the next year but anyways i, I, th- I have a feeling we're going to be busy this summer and we're going to have to get some guests on here because we absolutely we like to do guests it's just harder to do them when there's actual games to talk about but when it's just mm-hmm. us talking and speculating oh it's great to have guests so. it's extra hard in the playoffs too when stuff is so oh, people are busy going. And in the regular season, when there's not going to be like breaking news and important games played every day, like you can get it easy. But we'll have more guests for you the offseason. And if you sure. want somebody, let us know who you want. Want to see? Absolutely, you can text tweet at uh, us, not, reply. tweet at us, DM us. DMs are open on the From the Rafters podcast, Instagram. Um, we technically have an email from the Rafters seventeen at gmail.com. I haven't used. It's just the email we use for the podcast account. I didn't. Uh, so if you want to email that, I'll take a look. But. Uh, yeah, from the after 17 at Gmail, I believe is what it is. But anyways, you get an thank- hour and 10 today listening to us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Done, well, thunk- we haven't talked in a while. We usually put out probably more than this in a week in the playoffs. Absolutely. And we should do some live stream episodes this summer, too, like where we hop on the guy Boston Sports YouTube and stuff. And like, post I would do them for podcast. free agency. I just don't know what the days are because I don't know if I have to. Work. I don't know either. I don't know either. We can figure out the timing. But uh, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, from rafters pod on twitter check that out and i'll pass it over to sam yeah thank you very much for listening or watching if you're on youtube watching you're on guy boston or bannertown i think that's what it still is if you are make sure you subscribe bannertown we're getting up there we're close to 100 yeah it's crazy now. right well, we might have to change it to the from the rafters podcast Which youtube because it's 
basically all we post on there anyway. So if there's an way, you know, you're, you're on there, you leave a like, (laughs) you subscribe, right? Leave a comment. I'm always on there. I go on and like boost the ratings a little bit, right? Love it. Uh, If you're on the streaming services, make sure you follow us just in case you you want it at 6am on the day of that's when they usually drop. Um, And, you know, if you want them on Twitter, you can follow at from rafters pod. Jack's been excellent with tweeting them out ever since we, we did that and uh, is no longer, needing to be reminded every time on we do top a pod, <laughs> uh, which for a while was hurtful. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, if you want Jack's articles, dude's working hard. He's everywhere. I uh, think you should follow him at Jack's One NBA. And if you want me to – I don't know. I'm not really complaining right now. There's not a lot. If you want me to see me be mean to Zion every once in a while, you can follow me at <laughs> Sam LaFrance NBA. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll see me start writing soon. Who knows? You know, we did a little, a little bit in the finals. Right, well, uh, warming it. up, rehabbing, right? Like, oh, guy yeah. tears his ACL, starts warming up a bit. It's Sam LaFrance. That's our show for today. Yeah. Tick, tick,